hello, hello. We are the Black Bougie Broads featuring Kev and this is your girl Erica Patrice. And today's episode is interesting, as with the rest of them. How is everyone doing today? Super. I'm great. How you doing, Erica? I'm good. All right, so we got Mr. Kev. He's taking a sip. Sorry, y'all. Yeah, sorry, my bad. What's up? <laughs> we got Miss Sexy Lexi. Hi, guys. All right, and we have Miss Pat Rice. Hey, hey. And we have Miss Johnnie. Hey, y'all. Okay, so today we do have a guest, one of our loves from AT, Miss Nicole. Miss Nicole, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How's everybody? Great. So go ahead and tell us about your brand because Nicole is a mother of three. She's married and she has a wonderful brand that I think is very much needed in the world. So go ahead and tell us about our brand and where we can find you. Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram called Loving Me Unconditionally. And that is spelled L U V N M E U N C O N D I T I O N A L L Y. I know it's pretty long, but. <laughs> But you can find me at loving me unconditionally um, on Instagram and uh, what it is, it's called loving me. That's short for that. And it's just something I had um, back in 2012. I'm just not able to launch it. Mm-hmm. I was able to find the courage just to jump out there and yeah. just put it out there. So I do have a t-shirt line that mm-hmm. I launched on last Sunday. Oh, Thank you, thank you. And the website, so that is the same as my Instagram page name is um, www.lovingmeunconditionally.com. Okay. And so basically, it's just me trying to give back to the community. Um, wants to, I want to start doing teen summits with young girls and hopefully mm-hmm. be able to put together a panel discussion where I get some influential women come, come out and speak to the teen girls and have different breakout sessions. So that's down the line once I can get everything off the ground and up running with that. So that's what it is in a nutshell. And right. giving back to the community. Okay. Well we can totally respect that. Congrats, that Nicole. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. We're gonna have these young girls soaring and doing amazing things. Yes. It's about empowering. Empowering. Yes. We like that. All right. So you know usually we have our interesting podcast. And this one I think is pretty interesting in itself because inside this group we have like this stupid silly beef between the the only children and those of us who have siblings right so i had to go ahead and pull some official paperwork for this one because our only children are just they are the apples of our eyes they are just special as they want to be but we'll just go around the room kevin what is your birthplace in your family you are the what of what i'm the oldest of three okay you have a brother and a sister yes alexis I'm an only child and happy oh. to be because oh. um, there's so much going on. You know, the beef that we have, these little older uh, siblings like to talk trash, but oh. it's nothing like being the only. Wow. You see how that goes? You see how Kevin I had to this jump question, out. right? You see how I had to jump out. No. only child. <laughs> Listen, y'all, I had to jump out there because I know what's coming. I had to go ahead and we, we gonna we gonna we gonna we gonna play nice because we on the podcast sure. and we want the people who do have 
only children or are only children and those who have siblings to you know feel like they could uh nah. you know enjoy mm-hmm. this no watch but, watch how this goes but the Just only children the ones who have siblings probably know what's up anyway um so uh nicole tell us your birthplace in your family i'm the second oldest of four mm. Mm-hmm. and how many boys to girls one boy and two girls okay so it's three girls one boy in her family so yeah shout out to b i know he <laughs> he's like ah my god no he no he got everything he wanted my mom was more strict on the girls Ooh, versus him it's gonna mm-hmm. be good one right there mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh my god okay patrice what is your birthplace okay you must have muted yourself lost somewhere, you. patrice uh-oh. Not again. <laughs> the price is right microphone. Oh, <laughs> okay. Patrice is the only child like me. Yes, Patrice is the only child. So we're going to get Patrice back up and running. So Patrice is an only child. Johnny's, what is your birthplace? Um, so I have a different dynamics in my situation. Right. Um, so I was the only child. Um, I lived with my mom and she passed away. And mm-hmm. so um when I was in second grade, and so I moved with my aunt. Okay. And it was six of us. I had six cousins. I was the oldest girl, me and mm-hmm. my cousin. We were the same age, so two months apart. Me and my oldest boy Okay. Cousin. So you so you initially were like an only child and then yes. you were thrown into the world of sibling tree. Very mm-hmm. correct. Yes. So you're able to probably speak so on she both. had it both ways, yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, look, listen. We know that these are two very different worlds. But let me read a study really, really quickly. And this is from the Kansas City Mom Collective. It says the studies showed that there can be ups and downs to personally influence excuse me, there can be ups and downs to personality influences from both only children and those with siblings. For example, only children can show higher intelligence, but undivided attention from parents can sometimes cause dependency, selfishness, or social ineptitude. Ineptitude? Ooh, I've heard of inept, but not ineptitude. The focus that often put on only children by caregivers, along with the lack of peer interaction at home, has an effect on their environment and also development, but not in a negative way by any means. Siblings, on the other hand, can get the experience scenarios early on that allow them to practice socially, provide support, and learn empathy, according to the study. And in this way, the brain develops differently for children with siblings, too. So how do you all feel about that? Mm, I feel like there's pros and cons to both of them. And Okay. Um, but I'm obviously biased because I come from a, a sibling situation. So um, I feel like there are, are things that naturally coming from whatever side you're on you you notice automatically especially when you're an adult when you're first meeting people there are clues context clues that you might think oh that person right there is the only child or that person right kevin there kevin is coming from a vi- look let's hold on let's unpack kevin real quick this is what i'm talking about <laughs> so kevin is this the is eldest of three about. like myself oh i didn't even tell myself so i'm i'm the eldest of three with a brother and sister kevin is the eldest of three with we we like we got the same thing too because our our brother and sister are the same age difference too right yes yes 
three years and eight three yes. years and eight years, right? <laughs> no, Alicia is almost six for me. She's almost six okay. years apart for okay. me. But so I know where Kevin's coming from, but I just may not be as critical as Kevin. So if you hear the rise of fire in Kevin as he talks, um you ain't never going to no fire for me. You know, it's, it's right. boiling. <laughs> it's boiling right now. So, Kevin. It was boiling the other night, so I know it's about to be fire. <laughs> so, Kevin, tonight. when you say that you can tell when somebody is the only child, what do you mean? What are you saying? What are they um, doing? Because I know the clues, too. But what are the clues it tells you? And for the people who are only children, do you know when you meet somebody who is who has siblings? For me, I don't focus on stuff like that. I think that it's funny because y'all are really like heavily focused, laser focused in on it. But that's not something that I focus on because it like that. I don't know. It's just it's not something that like my bells and whistles go off yeah. immediately. Mm-hmm. But I know that for you and Kevin. I wouldn't say that I'm focused on it though. I won't say that I'm focused on it. It sticks out. Yeah, it sticks out. Like one of the things if I'm in a group setting and I noticed that somebody has has a problem with sharing or if somebody automatically wants things their way and we're in a group setting, then I automatic that goes up light bulb is like, oh, they might be an only child. Like anybody who from the get-go cannot recognize it a group situation that their opinion is not the only one that matters, that's when I feel like, oh, this might be an only child. Or that's when I ask, are you an only child? I feel like when I met Brianna, who's not on here right now, but I feel like I don't I don't know exactly. Don't do what Brianna, it was. don't do her. I, yeah. I she's, look, a, she's a she's a big one too. I'm not throwing stones at Brianna, but I, I do remember the first time I met her, something went off and I said, Are you an only child? Mm-hmm. And I was correct. Usually mm-hmm. I am. So So Johnny's, I mean, yeah, yeah Johnny's and Nicole, y'all go ahead and chime in because like like I said, Nicole is wonderful and Johnny's For me, I agree with some of what was said because for six years my son was the only child. And as a parent, most of what they were saying in that article was true. Like, you know, you can definitely spend a lot of attention on that child. You know, some of the social aspects with, like you said, sharing, things like that, Nicholas did not like to do. Um, And so I think that there are things that, you know, when you are the only child, things do occur because you're the only one. Um, And now that he has a sibling, that's two, some of those behaviors are amplified because now he has to do things that he were not he was not required to do for six years. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, um, when you are the only child and, you know, the only child and also when you're not the only child, everybody has things that, you know, are, come on, help me out, y'all, things that are not, it's not that are unique to them. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah. has things that are unique <laughs> to them. Yeah. And so um, it's just been fun trying, learning the different things that are unique yeah. to, you know, your firstborn and then just unique just to second. your secondborn. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because um, I know Taylor was the only child for <laughs> a year and a half. Yeah, uh, for a blink. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, for a blink, for a blink. But I do see some difference. Like you would think my second, which is Tristan, he is three. You would think he was the only child. 
Because he oh, don't really? like. Yes, it's the opposite. I read. I, I like to share. He doesn't like to oh, share. He doesn't like nobody touching his his things. <laughs> um, and I think it comes from me because me growing up, it was my brother, myself, and my two sisters, and I didn't like anybody touching my stuff. You would think I was the only child. You would oh think I was. So, I didn't want. I didn't like sharing. I like my stuff in a certain way, and they would always mess up my things. So I'm like, no, you cannot touch. So Tristan has picked up that personality trait from me and I can admit to that but I was doing some research too and mm-hmm. I saw where it says how your birth order shapes your personality mm-hmm. and so for your firstborn it read perfectionist achiever leader bossy responsible motivated controlling cautious and reliable and those all are my daughter Taylor those are her traits and I was just mm-hmm. like wow that's that's mostly Taylor and then for the middle child it has social feels left out can be rebellious, peacemaker, adaptable, independent, go between people, like a people pleaser. And then it went to the last born, social, charming, outgoing, uncomplicated, manipulative, seeks attention, self-centered, and fun. And then said, it has You said huh? that's the baby. Is that that's what you said? That's that might be my last one. That's what it Jesus, that's what it said. come on here. Where's my sister? And then for the only child, it said, uh, center of attention, mature for their age, seeks approval, sensitive, a leader, confident, responsible, and, and a perfectionist. So is that any of the only childs in here, Alexis? And yeah, I mean, you read what I was going to read, so because I saw that article, too, and I was going to read that one. But okay. um, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What you say, Patrice, speaking to the mic? Can you hear me? Can you I hear can. Me? Yeah. Okay. I will say, I think it also depends, um, like some of those things do, are true, but also depends on, you know, other things that influence, you know, your upbringing. Like if you're close with like cousins or other things or, you know, those different types or your parents or who your parents are, their parenting yeah. style. Yeah. So, I was going to say the parents is a huge yeah, so I contributor think to that. Can make a difference. Like it seems like even with you all as being one of multiples, some of you all went the territorial route where you're like, no, this is mine. I don't want to share. And others are like, well, I'm used to sharing. So I'm just going to share my stuff anyway. I was (laughs) just about to say, Nicole, that is very unique because nothing was my own. Yeah. Yeah. I felt. But that might shape you differently as an adult where when you was a child, you had to share so much. And like with the share with the whole sharing thing, the thing that gets me is that nobody likes to share. People right. generally do not like to share. Like they always say that is an only child trait. That is a child trait. No child automatically just wants to share everything that they have. Nobody wants to share all of their things. I feel like it's a I don't think that should go through to a child trait. I feel like sharing is a skill that you have to learn regardless because you're yeah. going to, at times in your life, yeah, you're going to have to share even to when learn. you don't want to. But I feel like the 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 sharing when it comes to having siblings, a lot of times, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, Erica, but I I don't like sharing. I, I never liked sharing, even from way back as early as I can remember, but I have always had to do it no matter what, no matter <laughs> so what. Guys, so. I might have a different parenting style when it comes to sharing. Um, I don't think children should have to share. I feel like um, if you're playing with something and you're playing with it, I think that you can teach the other kid, okay, here, you can go get some outs and wait for that person to be done with it. Mm. And when they're done with it, you can go play with it. 
or you know you guys can play with it with it separately but i don't you know i don't think that a child should have to stop what they're doing like if they're into something just because mm -hmm. somebody else steps in and says hey i want to do that too like if it's a game for two people that's different but it's yeah. like one toy i don't feel like a child should have to give that one toy away to the next person just because that child came and said yeah oh, and that's a good point because yeah. i i wish i could remember where i read this i read this like two three weeks ago where it was like um one of those like parenting book type things where they were saying that uh, making your child share doesn't make them, you know, more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it doesn't make it more <laughs> ideal for them to share. Like it mm -hmm. doesn't change their habits of why, you know, if they don't want to share. So I think that's kind of interesting. Man, I wish I could remember where I read. So I think I, I've done that me. with Taylor and Tristan. Okay. Like if Taylor's playing with something and Tristan won, I make him wait until she's right. finished. Okay. And if he, if she puts it down, then he can go grab it and play with it. But if she's in the middle of playing with something, he tries to go take it from her. And if he does, I make sure he give it right back to right. her, you know, vice versa. If he's so, playing with something. I think, yeah. okay, so let me go ahead and structure it up more. Because I know our listeners are probably like, girl, y'all going in, honey. So <laughs> when we say sharing, let's be more structured about it in terms of how it has affected you as an adult right so i have to go back to that thing kevin said where he said you know you can tell who's the only child who's who's who has siblings okay <laughs> because i feel like um in terms of toys and sharing that's like one thing right like yeah you, that's you have one respect thing. for others and not take from them while they're playing with the toy that is that, I mean that yeah that's kitty stuff but when you're in a, a whole adult and y'all trying to make decisions <laughs> and do this and do that and it'd be that one person no and I can only speak on it because <laughs> I deal with it on a very regular basis okay um I have had to give up stuff growing up like from like 10 and up where I can really remember where I'm like, you know what? Yes. You say give up stuff. What you mean? It like could be clothes. It could be okay. time. It could be, oh my God, going out um, with my friends. I can't clothes, I gotta go. You intellectual know I mean? property. You don't have anything. When I say intellectual nothing, property, Kevin. <laughs> yes. yes. It's like nothing. I'm going to need you to go back on that later. That my idea. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my God, I can't right. do or you can't go somewhere. Real talk. When I was a teenager, I was dating this guy. Promise you. They sent Alicia with me on a couple dates. They was like, you know what? I said, this is my time. I'm going out on this date. They were like, your time. Uh-uh, we got stuff to do. Take your sister with you. No, that was because you shouldn't have been going out. That was no, she no, was no, no. Being a I, chaperone. I, I did what I was supposed <laughs> to do. Yeah. But like when I tell you I used to share time, money, I, yes. I can't nothing. Yes. When I say nothing was of my own. So when we went to AT, it was like, yo. I can finally live my yeah. own life now. Oh my gosh. I don't have to think about nobody else. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh. I don't have to make sure both my siblings are where they need to be. Cause I used to get that call. Where your brothers to say? Did you make right. sure they better enough? Did you make sure they got a street? Did you make sure they got their death? Did you make sure? And I'm just like, good gracious, I have a full-time job, you know? Mm -hmm. It is so, a full-time job. And you finally get some time. I mean, a little time to yourself. It was like. But you know what? Even oh. as an only child, I didn't have like siblings I had to care for. But as the only child, my time was never mine. 
Mm. My time was always given to somebody else. Just because I didn't have siblings, that didn't mean my time wasn't gone somewhere else. So go like, ahead and explain that. My mom would schedule my mom would schedule my my whole life out as if I had nothing else to do. It would be like, oh well, yeah, Alexis can do this. Alexis can do that. Oh, you need mm-hmm. me to do that? She can go ahead and do that too. She would like basically pin me out to work for all her friends. And be like, oh yeah, Alexis can do that. It was never, oh Alexis, what you got going on? It was, oh Alexis can do that. Just mm-hmm. like um, this week, uh, it was for the like when my when my dad needs me to do something. It's never what do you have to do with your schedule looking okay. like. Yeah, is this is I what need needs you to be do. done, yeah. and you, you need to find the time to do it. So it's not like even though I'm an only child, that don't mean. I think and that's the parent thing. I don't want that y'all to parenting think. thing. That that's was, a, that was yeah. and, it's, and I feel like it's a heavier <laughs> lift when you have to actually account for uh, two other people at the exact same time. Yeah, it's that right. whole my brother's keeper, sister's keeper mentality. It's, yeah, it's, it is every day. I was my yeah. parent's keeper. No, right. Every day. Every day. And you so know when I got and, my license. And that and made know, it worse. Like they was like, "Oh, you know, I think I'm get my license, yes. go where I want to go, do what go I want to do." Go to the grocery no. store. <laughs> I forgot the milk. Go on back to the store. But you know, that was kind of fun as a teenager. Oh, you need me to go to the store? No, I'm gonna go to the store. But no. if you got two siblings with you and one of them likes, and they used to send my sister with me, and I swear to goodness, because she still is like a little demon child to this day, grown and all, but she would. Ruined. Ruined. Like, she was your chaperone. That was low key. They would be like, "Take your It was nothing. There was no such thing as. I don't think know. it had to be a chaperone, though. I remember I had to take my brother or sister. So I had to take somebody with me, even if I wanted to do something alone. <laughs> right. That's why somewhere. I'm telling you, the parents used them as spies. Okay. Because it was the same with me. If no, I they used me as a babysitter be, is what they used me. That's, they used me as child care is what they used me they as. They probably was milking your siblings for information. Right. right. <laughs> look. It look. was a two-for-one special. It, it, but it's it, crazy it, because even with Nicholas now, I'm like grooming him like, that is your sister. She is number yes. one. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mommy and daddy may not be here forever, but you guys have each other. And mm-hmm. she is your responsibility. And right now... It may seem like you're the one doing all the work because she's younger, but as she gets older, she's going to be the same exact thing to you. Mm-hmm. And when you need her, she's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's funny that we're saying these things, but I think that's just like parents and like you just teach your kids that regardless yeah. of what goes on in this world, you guys mm-hmm. have each other. Each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so it is. for everybody's different dynamics, how do you think that has per- affected you professionally? Um, mm-hmm. Are any of you in leadership? Are you good in groups? How are you, and be brutally honest, how do you function? So how does that, how has that affected you professionally growing up as a multiple or a single? Are you able to do teamwork? Do you like teamwork? Um, how does that work for you? I love teamwork. And I think growing up in a house uh, with my brother and two sisters, um, so it, it kind of like, I want to say it crippled me a little bit to where it's like, Nicole, you can't, I can't do it on my own. I always have to have a team to get something completed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it had its pros and cons. So me getting older, it's like, okay, I have to be in a team. I have to get, I have to be a part of something 
to get something completed, if that Got makes it. sense to you guys. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, so I think it, it kind of crooked me a little bit to where um, I'm always depending on someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's for me um, in my professional. I like, I like being around people and work with people to where if I have to do it on my own, it's like I'm second guessing myself all the time. Okay. Let's say, so I'm like in the middle. Um, I like working in groups to a certain extent. Like I love other people's opinions because sometimes they think of other things and we can combine things and we get this beautiful product. On the other hand, though, sometimes I think people are utterly stupid. I'm like, you're wasting my time. I'd rather do this by myself. (laughs) I just, like, you're not contributing. Like, what are you here for? Like, I don't, and so I still have that kind of duality of sometimes I'd rather just do it by myself. And other times I'm like, I love hearing other people's, you know, opinions and feedbacks and trying to make this wonderful product and saying we did it together as a team. Okay. So that was Patrice, who was the only child. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just didn't know people could tell cook. Oh, okay. Could tell who it was because you know Patrice. She speaks here and there, and then when she does, she it sounds like you a little far away. So I wanted to make sure people knew. Oh, I sound like a far away. I think it was you and yeah, just room. a little bit. I think <laughs> I think that with being an only child, you're always thrust into leadership roles because it ain't nobody else there but you. And um, I think my mom kind of grew me that way. Like she will always, as a kid, she will always make me call my grandmother. Or like if she was on the phone with my grandma, she would make me um, be like, oh, we'll say hi to your grandma. Even though I was like, oh, we ain't got nothing to talk about. What we want to talk about? I'm five. Like, you know, stuff like that. So that kind of thrusted me into like leadership roles within my family that I, I didn't want to do. And um, I think that people kind of look to you. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that aura is or what that is, but people look to you to do things. Okay. All right. Johnny, because you, don't you have a, a, a big position going on right now? Not that you don't have yes. to say it, but you know, you're in a, yes, I'm mm-hmm. definitely in leadership right now. And I've, I think I've always been a leader. I've always been like the type of person that loves to talk and, you know, voice my opinion and help others and listen to others. And so I'm not sure if that has to do with like being the only child at first and then getting a situation where I had six, you know, basically siblings. They were my cousins, but we were siblings. And I was the oldest oldest girl, you know? And so I had to do a lot. I had to stand up for them, stand up for myself, um, you know, especially in school. And so I've never been in a situation where in my childhood or in my adult life where I could just sit back and let others do for me. I've always had to do for myself. And so that's just how I am now. Okay. So the only children are definitely saying that they look, they've been thrust into these positions. They want nobody else to do it. <laughs> look, I, look, I'm reserving all my comments. Mm-hmm. Don't but do Shady this. Booth, you got something to say? Don't do that. <laughs> oh my gosh, Kevin. So, aren't you, 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 look, but go ahead, Kevin. Y'all know Kevin is the worst when we talk about this. He's the absolute worst over there looking like pop smoke. Go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think that's being leadership is something that comes natural to, um, to siblings who are the oldest, the, I guess the oldest, because you kind of um, are grown to be a leader from the get-go anyway, naturally. Um, I am in leadership in my current job. I, I enjoy it. I like it. Um, the only, I guess, 
that's the blessing from it. The only curse is that I feel like sometimes when you are, when you have a leadership type personality, um, it makes you seem kind of independent all the time. And there are some times where I feel like I could have benefited from a little mentorship from people, but people Mm -hmm. automatically assume that since I am always in a leadership role that I don't need any mentorship. And I've said that even since, well, I still joke to this day to myself, it's like, y'all had me to show you the way. I didn't have nobody that. So, so that's yeah. the only thing that I I feel like would be a negative in terms of my professional career is just not being able to get um, some of the mentorship opportunities that I saw that were given to people who weren't natural leaders, I guess. Yeah. So. And you have to seek that. You mm-hmm. have to, especially when you get to this stage of the game, you need to seek mentorship. I know a couple of years ago I did from on a professional level. And then that's what, it's it's all a growing thing. Everybody needs mentorship mm-hmm. at one point in time, like period the end goodbye. Because you can't walk up into your job and be like, yo, I've been the bomb, always the bomb, I'm about to kill it, you know. Yeah, but yeah. there is somebody who who has been on the train a little bit longer than you and can teach right. you the tricks of the trade and and help you to prepare yourself, propel yourself to um, higher ground. So, mm-hmm. I was gonna say, Kevin, I see that in friendships also. Like when you're like the like a leader personality or you come off as a strong person, mm-hmm. you're like always checking on everybody else. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Your friend, mm-hmm. like there, there's no mm-hmm. one checking on you. Exactly. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, dang, like yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. call and check. I mean, I'm always calling and checking <laughs> on them. Like, they just yes. feel like you always yes, got Lord. it together. You never going yes. to preach it. Like, yes. You know, you always got yes. it. You know, so yeah, I call it the we call that the save who's gonna save the hero mentality. Right, I've talked about that a couple of times with I think Erica and Channing. I know y'all remember Channing. When you always are that person to everybody else, it's like okay, who Mm -hmm. gonna who gonna gonna check? check It could be it could be it could be daunting. It could be Mm -hmm. I can tell you, in the last six months, I've had to kind of like take a whole step back because it's a depending on like how you operate or have been groomed to be, which is always taking care of everybody else. And then, you know, you naturally want to be there for everybody. Yeah. Wanting mm-hmm. to care for everybody. Yeah. And then when it, it it's not necessarily reciprocated, it be mm-hmm. a job, friendship, whatever, yo, it can bruise you up. You don't, you don't feel like right. doing too much. So you, it's you like, get burnt out. yeah, I, I think it, I'm yeah. hitting my burnt out phase which is like yo can i be selfish will everybody be okay if i decide to be selfish um can i have moments of where i just just act but then you feel guilty y'all be okay and then you feel guilty you feel guilty i feel guilty even talking about it sometimes (laughs) i feel feel like am i being like it just selfish it just feels like such a negative thing and i've always from being from being little when i've had my little bouts where i wanted to just be about me my parents ingrained in me oh no you can't no you don't do that right it's not not about you it's about the team it's about your siblings you make sure they're good you know Mm -hmm. and so you grow up yep thinking you know it's not about me I got, mm-hmm. you know, I got to make sure everybody good. Then at the same time, mm-hmm. you putting everybody first, think about everybody's emotions, their feelings, and wanting them to be good. Yourself. You are mm-hmm. killing yourself mm-hmm. on the back end. Like, mm-hmm. 
real life. So I think at 35, I'm just like, yo, I have had to sit back and microanalyze everything. And I hate that. I hate when I have to microanalyze because that's when I start to become a little ruthless. But you have to um, microanalyze. You have to. What do you have going on? Who is in that circle, you know, and how they are affecting you? Because, you know, even professionally, you have to you have to work on that a certain type of way because at work, if they know you're in leadership, you run a team, everybody comes to you. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, you being everybody else's cheerleader mm-hmm. and your team is acting a fool. Mm-hmm. It's representing, I mean, you, you are just like, yo. And mm-hmm. then it happens outside of work. It is just, it's too much. Mm-hmm. It is just too much though. Yeah. That's kind of the, I guess, the beautifulness of being an only child is like, you're not necessarily always concerned with other things. Like you're independent, like you worry about self and feel like sometimes other people should do the same. Just worry about yourself sometimes and take care of, or not, not only, not only worry about yourself, but that idea of taking care of self is very important. Like we will put ourselves first, not to, you know, at the expense of other people. Like makes sense. I feel like that's a prerequisite for my next phase in life. That's a, 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 that's the chapter that I'm currently on. That's the course that I'm currently working on. Is Do you, you think your family and your friends will be okay with that? Because I have come to the realization when you have been the one who has been there for everybody, you always think mm-hmm. of everybody. And when you start to just troll back a little bit, people come out of nowhere and want to, they want to fight about it. They want to argue yeah. about it. You know, They want to call you selfish. You being you yourself. You selfish. You don't. You you stingy. You you this right. and you that. I'm like, wait. Oh, I'm, like, I'm just gonna have to be okay with that. I have been yeah. I have been mm-hmm. the bad guy before in certain yeah. scenarios. And, but my what family. is the bad guy? Is it you just saying, yo, I've had your back. I've made sure you good. But I don't Can like I to throw. Me? I don't like to throw that in people's face though. Like that's true too. I I feel like in in time they will see that if they want to look at me in a negative light now because I'm taking steps to make sure that i'm good that's okay because because it will come around and they'll understand later that it was a especially my younger siblings i mean because they're gonna get there themselves Mm -hmm. realize that they need to take care of themselves too so but do you think they automatically take care of themselves they wouldn't some people automatically take care of themselves they oh, don't, they're not thinking about, are you good? I know Patrice mm-hmm. waved her hand because I was like, yeah, that's about right. You know, because you're just sitting there like, yo. like, Because like, even having this podcast is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's six people and mm-hmm. you're constantly hearing the comments and you want to make sure everybody's good. And then it's, 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 it's a huge undertaking. It may not look like it, but to take into account how everybody feeling, what everybody want, what everybody need, time. It, you know, it's to to try to compromise all of that. And then you need everybody else to compromise and work as a team. It You know, putting that all together and then getting the buy-in from everybody else to to work with that is huge. But it, it really is, especially when you have buy-in with everybody else and you want them to feel mm-hmm. wanted and want them to participate and feel like they are truly contributing. It is It is a task. And thank God I've taken some amazing leadership training to where I'm like, yep, okay, all right, I can do it like this. You know, it's, you cannot live in a selfish world with this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like you cannot, because there are certain things that certain bumps we've hit where Mm -hmm. if it was a selfish situation, I'd have been like, nope. Mm -hmm. And we, 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 we wouldn't prosper. So Mm -hmm. 
yo, it's real, you know? So, but I do believe you do need to take time for yourself and take care of yourself. And I'm, I'm ironing that out right now as to how that looks just to, just to protect my energy, my, my existence as a whole. And, you know, I just don't know how it's going to come off to everybody once I finally can get it, you know, but that's the thing why are you concerned about how it comes off to them well you're trying to preserve mm -hmm. your peace well if you have been functioning and acting a certain way for 35 yeah yeah it's people will have comments it's not because you've been doing it for so long so long that they expect that's who you are it's right. almost like, it's like it's it's like a i call it a thankless job it's like a responsibility that you are granted at birth that you do not receive any thank you for but you have to be that to certain people and if you stop or if you pull back there's automatically going to be a shift where yeah. the people who depended on you are going to be like wait what are you doing like mm-hmm. why yeah, there'll also be a shift where they they know that you're not there and they will find the strength in themselves to work it out for themselves i think mm-hmm. that y'all are not giving people enough credit um is that, as I, don't, I, as, think, I, I think that's a different I, nicole, I nicole not, hold on because nicole does have to go i'm sorry because i because I, it's, it's diff, it might be a little it's different than what you're I saying i think it's i think I like it's it. different um because i know my um, my little size circle that i no longer have I had to pull myself away because I found myself um, all the time reaching out, all the time texting, all the time, hey, how are you doing? You feeling all right? Me being that go-to person to where I'm not pulled, I'm like, they don't miss me. And they don't. They don't, they don't check on me to this day still. Like, it's been a couple months. Go two, three months without checking on me. And sometimes I get burnt out. Sometimes I do get depressed. Sometimes I do. And you do need that. You do need that 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 friendship to call up. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, Nicole? Instead mm-hmm. of me being the one saying, "Hey, how you doing?" Mm-hmm. But in some instance, some people don't miss you, and so that's why I'm like, okay, oh. do I need to reach back out again? <clears throat> you know, well, no, no, they don't no. miss you. Then, then I might so, not, you know, be the friendship for you. Then that would yeah. be the, the slap in the face. Like I've been doing this all this time, uh, and right. you don't even care. Right. And that's how I, I feel. So, yeah. And so in this season of my life. Mm-hmm. During this quarantine, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? It's <laughs> yes. about Nicole now. You well, know? you know we love you, Nicole. Yeah, I know you got so. another um, obligation. Thank you for joining. Thank us. you for this coming. Is good, though. This is yeah. good. <laughs> Nicole yeah, said I'll be back just to <laughs> talk a little bit. Like I have something else to say, but I gotta right. go. But I have something. All right, <laughs> we love you, Nicole. And we're we'll... live. I'm gonna say what I got. To say. <laughs> All right. Yeah, come on we, back. <laughs> we love yes. you, Nicole. Bring but me we... back on. I'll be back. Yeah, we will bring yes, you back. We'll have to bring in something good. Where it be you and Jason? Lord, the kids gonna be on here too. They're gonna be like us off. We a couple show. That would be awesome. But everybody have a great um is it afternoon afternoon? Is it afternoon or evening? Yes, Which one is it? Either way. Have a good one. All right, Nicole. All right, thank like, you. All right, gents, ladies and gents, talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. So with respect to what you were okay, go ahead, Alexis, because um Nicole kind of derailed me what with I what saying. I was saying. Oh, I know what I was saying. And I'm not come this is not like a, a coming from me personally. But like um, I have been in a situation where someone was selfless and giving of the, their family. And then I was like, you know, well, have you ever really thought to stop to think about, okay, well, what, if you stop doing all these things, 
have you ever thought to think that these people would find a way to get it done if you're not there? Like, I don't think that you should put that type of pressure on you. Uh, what triggered it was, was, I think Kevin said it when he was like, well, if I don't do it, it won't get done. Well, then it don't get done. These, you know, it, it just don't get done. It's okay. It's, I think that's something because it's ingrained in you. And I know that, you know, that's always been your role and you were mm. always taught that you have to do that. But sometimes you got to be like, all right, well, if it don't get done, I know it's going to bother me that it's not getting internally. Done. It's but, yeah, cause it's, 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 yeah, it's bothering you. I know. Cause I, I, I know somebody just like this, mm. uh, but uh, sometimes you have to take that step back. And I also think that that strengthens relationships on the flip side. Because I think that it it kind of um, gives that relationship boundaries and it sets the tone about how you really want to be treated versus how you were just ingrained. It was just ingrained in you to be treated a certain way. I think it depends on what that is, though, sometimes. Um, so I know someone who has told me, like, when it comes to family things, having to help out and be like that big sister, big brother type person. And, you know, when your family's coming to you like, oh, I don't have money to pay for my electric this this month. So mm -hmm. we might be sitting here in the cold or we might not have this or I don't have money for this and a third or something's happening with my kids. Like some of those things you can't take lightly and just be like, oh, well, what happens happens because then it's like that's their kids. Like mm -hmm. and unfortunately, sometimes that persists throughout the years because the person is older and like as an older sibling, you still have to take that L sometimes, I think, from you all's perspective of like, you can't sit with that guilt of my, you know, brother, sisters, kids might be, I don't know, on the street somewhere because you didn't step up. So I think it depends on what it is. Like, but you that. also, you also have to think about these are your kids. This is yes. your responsibility. Because that could become That's a monthly, um, yeah. that become a monthly thing. Because the problem like, with that is that it becomes a pattern. Then it, it becomes your responsibility and then when it's it, not yeah. your responsibility. Right. But the longer that it goes on, the harder it, it just, the guilt is just so, because I, right. I feel like, I feel like, um, Y'all know I think of, like, Doug Funny on everything. So I automatically, <laughs> I, <love> think, <laughs> I automatically think if I say, just saying no to the simplest thing, I internalize and think they're going to be like, well, you've done it all this time. Why you don't want to do it now? Or what's the big deal? I, I just don't, I don't want to cause any confrontation. Well, maybe you can say no and explain why you're saying no. Right. And then also, how are you helping that person? Like, my thing is maybe you need, instead of giving them money, maybe you need to help them create a budget. Maybe you need to help them look at different areas in their life where they need to be, do different things. Like maybe they need to get a part-time job. There's no that either, you work. know? And so if you continue to give those people those, those things and something happened to you, I, okay. So my viewpoint in life is if something happened to me, because I lost my mom at an early age. So if mm -hmm. something happens to you, then who are they able to depend on? And, you know, so you have to teach people to depend on themselves. Function. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm a firm believer in that. So, you know, maybe you'll help them out the first time and maybe even the second time, but then y'all need to get a plan where, look, you can't keep calling me asking me for these things. You have to learn how mm -hmm. to fish for yourself, you know, so. I think that's ideally, but sometimes this is not people's cases. Like I know like where I live now, there's a lot of people that are on social security that are on Medicaid and they just don't have that. And due to other, you know, poor choices maybe in their life or other just situations they couldn't handle, 
they still have to heavily rely on someone and you know as a sibling or someone else like you I wouldn't be able to live with that guilt of not knowing if my sibling was not eating because the government said you made two dollars more than the minimum and we're only going to give you fifteen dollars this month which is really the case in some places especially in southern areas you don't get a lot and you have to survive so I don't think it's always that black and white when it comes to that guilt of someone that you love and their survival yeah but you you can you can I think it can be done though there is a way to do it. I, I think I've seen that. I'm just talking from oh, experience. Yeah. I'm not talking from scenarios of this and that. I'm definitely talking from experience. Oh, I and, am you know, Maybe, person. you know, and I'm not going to say their name, but and you know <laughs> but what? Yeah, nobody is at the end of the day, nobody is starving and guess what? There's other resources out there that you can call on if you really need that help. You can you can really tell people need help and if they're taking advantage of you or the situation. So like, I'm I not see saying what's tell I see. someone, no, I'm not gonna yeah. help you. But yeah, I'm not gonna say that. No. Right. But if it's yeah. starting to be a monthly bill in a situation, then <laughs> like I said, you need to look up alternatives because what if something happened to you? What if you lose your job? Then how how are the, how are these people gonna maintain if they're depending on you to help them? Okay. So, so I think everybody, I, for the most part, I think everybody, I can see both stories. One is more dire. Like I literally can't, but there is a way you just have to have the right people around to help you to figure that out. And then there's the other way where, you know, people are, they are truly functioning, but they'll say, I don't have it. And then mm-hmm. you're every month you're, you're, um, you're, you're giving to their, um, they become an expense in your budget. <laughs> we're not always selfish that's one thing like we, we can see it from the other point of wanting to help other people selflessly oh you know, this is a single child thing you're saying i'm saying we get the bad rap sometimes that we're only about ourselves that we're very self-absorbed that we're very only like concerned about us and not caring about how things affect other people when that's not necessarily the case because i'm here advocating for you know as a someone who's an older sibling to continuously help and I can see that side of it, even though I'm an only kid and I hate sharing, I hate giving stuff to other people, but I could see it as a sibling, you know, that point of view and not wanting to deal with that guilt. Cause I couldn't deal with that guilt as a, you know. It's something you know, else, Patrice, guilt. It's not, it, it doesn't even have to be a big catastrophic thing like y'all right. are talking about. If I have been yeah, yeah, doing I'm it, it like could be something things. simple. Yeah. If I, it, it could be as simple as a dollar. It could be as simple as, can you come <laughs> with me somewhere? It could be as simple as that. I, yeah. If I have done it before, just saying no is hard for me because the, of the guilt. And I guess that, in that point, I that's something that I envy from people who have have been an only child and yeah. are are able to uh-huh. very easily say no like, to things no. because I think if you start practicing, <laughs> Kevin, I think the if you start thing. saying now and start practicing, then the more you do it, then the less guilty you'll feel. But of course you're gonna feel that guilt initially, but like you know, like Alexis said and like Patrice said, you gotta think of yourself sometimes. And if you don't put yourself first sometimes then that's going to put put you in a situation where, you know, you might be more harmful than helpful to people. Yeah. And um, something that, like, even though I am an only child and I'm supposed to be selfish and all these other things, it's like in most situations, I'm willing to do, go along with whatever people want to do. And I've done it so much that people just expect it. And so then when I say, no, this is not what I want to do, or no, this is how I feel, 
then it comes across as I'm being kind of like, um, oh, you're, you're changing, you're shifting. It's not that I'm changing. It's just that I've always accepted whatever you wanted to do. And now I don't want to do that anymore because I know that when it comes to things that I want to do and then you're not up for it and you don't want to do it, you don't have a problem saying no. So it's like, okay, well, if you don't have a problem, because I'm like, okay, well, you know, if I'm willing to do the things that you want to do, then on the back end, you're going to be a, you know, you're going to be respect, uh, you're going to want to do the things that I want to do because it's a give and take. But then when you see that when it's things that you want to do and then they're not down for it, they easily say no, then that makes you say, okay, well, why am I being this type of person when this person doesn't care? Like, I don't think people look at it as far as like, you know, I'm doing things for you. So you, you know, you should be able and receptive to do things for me. I don't think people look at it that way at all. They don't. And you know what, Alexis, I used to feel that way too. Like, I used to feel like, okay, if I'm just naturally doing these things for you, then eventually, you know, when it's your opportunity to do something, you will, you know, just do it just because. And I've learned through the years that that's not how life worked like. And it's that, and I have to get a constant reminder from Nick, my husband, because he's not like, he'll remind me, he's like, Johnny's, you can't do things. And I'm not expecting people to do things, but he's just like, you can't expect people to have the same view Expectation. It's the same expectation. It's it's really hard to get over those things because you will go and go above and beyond for, you know, people. And then they can't do like the simple thing as, Mm -hmm. you know, simple. Because I feel like it's really hurtful. And, I feel know, like that's something that we're taught. Like we're taught right. to treat people the way you want you to want be to treated. Be treated. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then, you know, that, that second part of that book didn't come out where it was like, what right. if they don't treat you the way <laughs> that's, the right. hard, that's the worst part. Right. And that second part of that book never came out. So we all adults out in here in this world. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. I treated you. I treated you this way. way. Because what they will do is throw in your face. I never asked you to do that. That's what they'll say. Here we go. That's 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 the killer. When people say to you, you. "Well, I never asked you," and I'll be like, "I've learned in the last year. You say that to me, everything collapses. (laughs) I promise you. All of a sudden, it'll be no go. Because I'll be like, you know what? You're right." Bad. I don't know. Maybe right. maybe somebody needs to write part two of that book. <laughs> and ab- so absorbing that, you know, mm-hmm. when people don't appreciate, I think that is one of the <clears throat> the biggest things for me is the appreciation. And I think Kevin, we have talked about this um, yeah. because that for me is the killer. Like daily and all, you know, just professionally, eh, whatever, you know. I see y'all, I see y'all, I'm gonna do my thing, whatever, like, whatever, but professional, but professionally out the door, but uh, personally, friendships, relationships, that appreciation part, I'm coming to the realization that that is a bigger bone for me than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, That has become a huge monster for me. So how do you all accept that? You know, when you do for people and they pretty much give you your ass their ass like, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, I've gone out the way. I have gone up the way for this. And it's just like, but that, but that's when I wish I had the, I don't care personality or, yeah, yeah. because I think for, for our only children friends, I don't even think y'all realize when y'all are able to switch between caring and not like, you'd be like, oh, I'm gonna look out for me. But I think sometimes it's like, a, it's literally naturally, like y'all may not think about it. And sometimes I wish, I just wish I didn't damn and I could just be like or just get missing and just be like 
Nope. You know, I, I just kind of wish I could not care about certain things. Like sometimes I could see where it's just not even affecting you. It's just like, you know, it just kind of flows. And I wish that it could just flow for me where I don't see it and clock it. I'd be like, wait a minute. I don't think, that, I, th- I don't think that it's that we don't care. I think that, and I'm speaking to me personally, um, I'm good at hiding my emotions. Uh-huh. You know, just because it makes it, just because it appears that I don't care, that doesn't mean that I don't care. I learned a long time ago to protect my feelings from stuff like this. Because as a, in a young, you know, as a young child, you put yourself out there, you put your heart, you wear your heart on your sleeve. And like y'all are saying, it doesn't get reciprocated or people feel like, you know, they don't give a damn or whatever. I've just learned how to, you know, keep that inside and don't let that show. So I don't know if it's necessarily that we don't care or that, you know, we can just, it's just, it's a, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I think it's like tasking per se. Like if it's a function, like you're, it's a, it's literally a function. And if you're in a position where you're, you have to care about other people, right? Because like Kevin said, you've been groomed or you're in a position where you have to make decisions for the team or just simple, tiny stuff. And then some people in that moment of the function happening, some people are literally like, kind of like MIA or it's kind of like, you know, whatever. But then things could occur and everybody else is like doing good. They're like, whatever, we're good, we're good. And then one person who really just, been pushing and making it happen and just really advocating for it and then they give you an excuse it is the worst shit ever i i wish sometimes i just wish that i wouldn't care kevin we sound like the bruised uh, deer out here yeah. <laughs> we on the side of the road kev we are yeah. just, we're yeah. over here like Meh. But I mean, but why not embrace it? If you care, you care. Like, just no, embrace it. It's, you have not, to, it's not good. It's good, but then you, you're, I, I think, like I said, I'm burnt out. A girl is tired. You know what I'm saying? Tired. Okay. Where you're just like, yo, I need to learn how to prioritize myself and just and not give a damn about it. Yeah. My emotion to so where I don't care. On the flip side, though, so coming from the other side, so you all, this is like your second nature. This is what you were groomed to do. So as the only kid, when we put in that effort, I think it hits us as a blow even more because yes. in our mind, mm-hmm. we're doing something for you. Like, this is not our second nature. We made a decision at some point to do this for you. So like from disturbing the pe- like disturbing my peace thing, there was a guy <laughs> I was messing with here and he lost his key fob. I gave him my key fob for him to use. So I like shorted myself so I could only come in and out of one door and I had to call myself in because I cared that much for him. And he definitely turned around and gave me his ass to kiss. And I looked him dead in the face and I was like, give me my shit. Yeah. I was like, give me my shit back. I don't care if you can get in and out this building. Like I looked out for you. Like this was not my first nature. This was me trying. (laughs) And then you do this. I don't do things like this. I wow. don't. Not even for my friends, but since you are a potential ping boo bay, I'm going to go ahead and give you this key. That, that, <laughs> that, that, like, that didn't sound good. That didn't sound good. So no, like I have been like, <laughs> talking to him for like a while. And so right. I'm many? Is this the preacher? No, this is the... <laughs> I'm not going to say who it was, but he lived in my building. 
Because if people mm-hmm. are listening, they're like, oh my gosh, and the elder disturbing my peace, you talked about the preacher. So they were, they're probably wondering, oh my gosh, did we no. add this to the list of things the preacher did? This was, no, this was the Irish person, um, the Irish guy. Yeah. Oh, he's so I've been working for like over a year. And I'm like, I'm. Wait a minute, y'all was talking over a year? Yeah. I told you about this. Anyway, I mean, you told me about him, but I didn't know it was over a year. <laughs> Yes. We can sidetrack. Oh my god! Wow. The point was that I looked out for him, and he definitely. And I was just like, and so that hurt though. When you're cognizant of trying to do something that's not your nature, I think it affects you in a totally different way because you really do feel defeated that you tried to do something, and it just was totally unappreciated at all. And so I, I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Because I but, flipped back. I was like, okay, that's fine. You want to be an ass? You're going to be an ass outside. Also, I think with keeping in the theme of this episode about, you know, like, um, Rose as far as being the only child and everything, um, I don't think people understand how all of the negative connotation builds up on being an only child. Like, there are all these studies about only children and how it's like so <laughs> it's so bad to be an only child where this where that where all of these things but nobody has ever sat and talked to an only child and asked them how they feel about all of these things that are put on them i none of us asked so what are the only things child. that's what we talking about now. that's that's why we talking now so because i it? i definitely don't think it's a bad thing to be there are definitely mm-hmm. advantages and disadvantages oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. both there are advantages right. of being a sibling and there are disadvantages there are advantages of being an only child and there are disadvantages i'm just Look, but you know, like most me, of the studies, because I think I was like, let me see what the, the studies, studies were saying. look good for and me. Most for y'all of know. The studies were like, but there were like so many um studies like back in the day that were kind of like uh being an only child is like doomsday because you don't yeah. have social skills, you don't have this, you don't have that, and then you know it's always like, oh, but well, there goes that only child, you know, they interesting. Like, <laughs> but it's real though. I, I, and the only reason I can say that that is real is because I have worked and functioned around people who were only children. And I will say this: being an only child as a kid and like do the through those fundamental years in high school, maybe even college, it looks. It, I think you all have a really good deal. the The moment where I see it kind of gets very interesting is when your parents get older now that is the part i think it was alexis who taught me like okay this is when being an only child it's it's going to be a a a lift and i think it was our friend toya who also said to me um you know everything's good but what if one of my parents passes away it's on me and i was like oh yes (laughs) like that's that's to me that is where you know it, I didn't think about that. It, that's oh, the part. Oh, oh. That's the part. When I can write a book when, about that. When and that's why children, I had two children. That's yes. exactly why I had two because children. Because I thought I grow. thought that I thought that it would be better as an older person because you could really just live live your life without those ties. But I I also I don't want to um, discredit the fact that I appreciate having siblings when I was younger because you always had your own clique. You had Everybody all right. always there, right. so I always felt the strength in numbers. Yes, strength in numbers. Like, like, and even now as adults, it's like you know what? Oh, this person needs this. Let me call one of them, and they can be at mm-hmm. this spot. And then mm-hmm. this other person, they can be at that spot. So it seems like 
it was, it, you had to learn how to deal with people from day one. Like you had to learn how to be the secretary to your parents and then be the group leader to your siblings, mm-hmm. right? Like you're automatically mm-hmm. learning how to like flow, do the flow of traffic. But when you get older, I'm seeing the only children have major lifts when it comes to when, well, Johnny, she lost her parents early. Yeah. But for everybody else, it seems like once they start to lose their parents around this time, it is like, yo, it's just, like, it's just y'all. The thing, like, um, and I, I think, and I did read an article where it said, like, only children are kind of similar to the oldest. And I see that in the fact that your parents rely on you for everything. Like, my parents rely on me for everything, and they will not go outside of me for it. When my mom was sick, she would not go out to anybody else but me for anything that she needed. So one time, um, she had like a, what did they call it, PT? I don't know, whatever little physical therapy. Physical therapy. Mm-hmm. It, there you PT. go. It's called PT. Um, mm-hmm. She had one mm-hmm. of those, and it was, a other, it was a, uh, another gentleman. He had like three or four kids. And she was right. like, she was like, his, his kids are here every day. Why can't you be here every day? And I looked across the table and I said, well, let me see. One, two, three. Okay, so he got three kids. So they can be here every day. And, and mm-hmm. at the time, I wasn't like, a, they were grown, grown. They, like, they, they looked like they was in like their 30s and 40s. I was like, also, they are completely grown. So if you want me to be here every day, then I suggest you find another me because this is all you got. <laughs> I was gonna say the expectations of an only child, like it's just you. Like you leave there's a you have siblings, they can put that stuff, they can have different things, but no, you are everything. Yeah. You are the job, you are the artist, you are all these things. So I get it, like we get the only rap, but think about it. There's but definitely helicopter parents, it was all on me. Something happened. I wasn't even home. A lamp or something broke. It was my fault. I wasn't even in the state. But it was my fault because my mother said she thought about something that I did and that made her hit the lamp. So it was still <laughs> it my was fault. Your yeah, was definitely a bonding factor, I guess, between the oldest and the only children because yeah. I don't know if, about you, Erica, but I feel like as, a, as the oldest, even if my siblings got in trouble, it was still my fault. Baby, look, <laughs> William did the Michael Jackson in elementary school. He was on, it was aftercare. He was on the table doing Michael Jackson, holding his nuts and peanuts <laughs> and was wiggling it, wiggling it, wiggling it. And the teachers told my daddy, who How was a was butt-whooping he? king. He we went elementary school, okay? His, my daddy was a butt-whooping king back then, okay? Car accident and all, oh, living everything. He would, woo, he would get you. So, we came home, we get you know, I'm sitting there, they were like, well, somebody getting their butt beat tonight. And I'm like, who? What did he like, it ain't do? me. What did it ain't me because I ain't do nothing. I'm like, good <laughs> gracious, we get butt whoopers all the time. Who did it now? And he was like, your brother was grabbing his penis and his balls at school doing the Michael Jackson and you let him do it. I was like, huh? wait a minute, what are you talking about? I let him do it. I was sitting off to the side with my friends. I looked around and I saw him and I was like, oh no, William. <laughs> now your father said, Jesus fucking He was like, off, you off let table. your brother do that. Yes, you, you let better. them. You and let you them. You know better. You let so them. guess what? Both of you get your butt beat. You're the re- as the oldest, you're the representative. You are so. supposed to be on at yes. all times. Yes. At all time so you just sitting there like yo i barely have a full rack of boobs but i got responsibility <laughs> 
amenities. <laughs> like I got a full pair. This is too much. And, too much. and anything that anything that That's requires so a an investigation, like my parents were not gonna do it. So it's automatically <laughs> they want your the fault because you're the it. oldest. So everybody got beat. We just got master. Everybody gonna be. Yeah, oh everybody just gets to be in. Because <laughs> you're the mastermind because you're the oldest. And you so were there. you probably came up with it. it. Mm-hmm. Alicia was cussing people out. She was in kindergarten. <laughs> she was on that bus laying people out. I was like, where'd you even learn the F word from? This is crazy. Honey, we get back. My folks was like, so who taught her how to say fuck? And I was like... <laughs> The parents, they me get it from the parents. And I said, I'm going to be honest. Me and my little friends, we in sixth grade, we said. Oh, my God. Why would you say that? I said, the only word I have heard that I've used is damn. And my dad said. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you deserve that one. I was like, that's the why only way. Why would you tell? Why would you tell? Like, no, I was just like, no. I don't know where she got that from. Yeah, you deserve that beat But I said, the only way. Oh, real good. It's there. <laughs> I, I know. Mia dropped that F-bomb. She got it from Nick. <laughs> got it from my daddy. Yes. So I'm like, what you want? So you are always in trouble. You're all, if something, if the siblings do something, I promise you, William, oh my God, <laughs> he has done some things, baby. And the first thing they ask, Erica, you know about them? You did that? Do you know anything? I'm just sitting there like, y'all got to be kidding me. Y'all know he did this on his own. He's one of them only children. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. But look, I'm sure we can go all day long about this. But we have just, we have met our limit for today. But bougie babes, bougie broads, I thank you all for coming in to tell your story. Johnny's, you seem liberated. Alexis and Patrice, (laughs) you seem like, you know, Woo, you know, it was Barbie and Playtime younger, and then older y'all struggle boots. I don't know. We we had the on the Facebook live, that's probably where to get real. Be like, they spoiled as hell. That's the problem. (laughs) That's what it'll get good. So, if you want to hear more about this, more than likely, we will be going Facebook live this upcoming weekend where you can actually watch us on Facebook via Black Bougie Broads and YouTube. We're still working that boy out. Oh, boy. Yeah, don't judge that. Don't judge YouTube. So if you go on over to YouTube and it is a special scenario, (laughs) just Just right under the comments, be like, we here because we heard you. We understand. We get it. Even though y'all don't get it, but we trying to get it together. But um, we will be going live where we'll probably be just talking absolutely crazy. Um, I I spoke to one of our friends. Somebody may join us who is an only child and he probably going to make the only children look absolutely crazy but we'll see how that goes no, we need help we don't need we don't need that oh, we need help. We he don't about need to that. turn up he about to turn up because i don't know who you are but you child. can't come you can't love come. he said he one of our our good friends and he loved nope. being the only child okay Mm-mm. but uh he gonna probably turn up real good for y'all look at patrice <laughs> she's like don't expose us for where we really are don't do it we're, we're that's not who we really are spoiled. go away no it's okay it's because because life is happening now it's okay we understand we we agree with you me and kevin we're we're we've already dealt with it so we're just trying to we're just trying to mend ourselves <laughs> on this second half of life but with that being said we hope you all have a great day and you've been listening to black bougie Brides featuring kev holla bye-bye
Switch and board. <laughs>